Welcome among the realists. Who are you and where am I? You're in Lyon, in France. You're in Trollune, a big French shop. We have a huge amount of furniture in every kind of... Uh, excuse me for my English, it's a little bit rust. It's good, it's really good. We have a lot of things. Personally, I'm Taz. I'm in charge of the miniature range. We have a lot of miniatures. We have a lot of board games. Not so much classic board games, but modern board games. We are a great, great library. Uh, no, library is not the real term in English. Bookshop. Bookshop. It's what we call in French, Ami. Yes. We, we are a great, great, great bookshop. My teammates of the book are really wonderful. And we have, that's interesting for your English uh, listeners. We have a great range of English books. We are totally specialized in fantasy, sci-fi, medfan, steampunk, everything. We have a really, really big English range book. And what we interest the most, the rollist, we have a great range of role-playing games. I think, without pretension, we are probably the biggest role-playing or one of the biggest role-playing shops in France. And we have also a great range of English and American role-playing books in English. When did the story of Trollin started? The shop was open in 2005, something like 14 years ago, by two brothers, Charles and Louis, the Treco brothers. They are in holidays today. So if you come back tomorrow, you will have Charles. We'll try. Let's see, that's why listeners need to support me on Patreon so I can travel on purpose rather than yes. seize opportunities of private travels to drop in in places like this. You said you were at the English section in fantasy novels. Do you happen to have any French authors, but in English, that listeners should check out? I'm not sure. Maybe I can ask quickly to my teammate of the bookshop. Ouais, on est d'accord que la, la question nécessite une libraire. Peut-être du Damasio ou du, ouais, Damasio, ou du Bordage pourrait être traduit, mais... Euh... Bordage, ouais, vu la quantité de livres qu'il a sortis, si ça n'a pas été traduit, c'est quand même que... Et le temps, surtout. Well, go ahead, the, the two of us, tell me about War Damasio and Bordage. Euh... Bordage, moi, je l'ai pas lu, donc je te laisse parler. You were commenting on Taz English, so maybe you can show us all your English. Oh, no, is... sorry, I speak very bad English. <laughs> They love that. The listeners love that. No, no, no. I'm gonna try to speak correctly. Who are you first François. You need to get your name reminded. That's a good start. <laughs> no, no, it's just, uh, I, I always tried to say it in English, but it's not really sayable. Francois. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so François, I'm the new guy here. Yes. I'm a new guy. So I'm on the um, zone of, um, whiteboard games, but I also like step a little on other things like role playing games, miniatures. Tell us about Bordage and Damasio, is that what yes. you said? Yeah. I can say a little thing about Pierre Bordage. He's an old, an old science fiction French author. Bordage is writing novels since 40 years, something like that. Yeah, you can talk about Pierre Pével. It's a very big French author. Available in English? It's a very good question. I'm not sure about that, but it's one of the biggest French fantasy authors, so maybe. Javorski might be... Uh, Damasio 
to... Yeah, I'm not very sure because we don't do a lot of French other in English here. We have a lot of customers who speak English and uh, only English, so why not? But uh, it's not uh, something uh, they ask a lot, so... It's not usual in a French bookshop to have French author in other language. I'm not sure if there are a lot of French author who are translated uh, in English. I don't really know about that. Jules Verne, maybe. Yeah, but it's, it's Jules Verne. It's not like it's a classic. Sometimes you need to remind people of the classic. Could you introduce yourself and how did you join the team of Trolley? Uh, yeah, sure. Hello, my name is Anouk. I'm the bookseller in the shop. I start working here. Five years ago, when I was a shop seller student, because I, I did a school for that. And uh, yeah, well, I uh, read a lot. I play a lot of board games, role-playing games, of course. And I don't know what you want to know. I'm going to throw you the traditional question of the show, which is, how would you describe what is a tabletop role-playing game to someone who has no clue of what it is? Imagination with no limits. Like, you can do pretty much everything. If you want to, sometimes you don't want to. It's nice to have uh, boundaries. Yeah, I think it's uh, the way I talk about that. If you like video games and you like board games and you like a lot of things, it's cool. But if you want to play role-playing games, you can do everything you want. You want to be a bad guy, you want to be a good guy, you want to be something in the middle, you want to fight, you want to talk, you want to seduce. Yeah, you can do everything. What was your very first own experience of tabletop role-playing games? It was Warhammer 40 uh, 40k, yeah. I start with that, Rock Trader. It was a very big thing to start. Did you know what role-playing games were when you did that? Because uh, it's, it's a rather original starting point. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew a little. I, I never played before, but um, my big brother used to play with his friends when I was a teenager. So I had a few ideas about that. But uh, my friend used to talk about that a lot. So when they asked if I wanted to try, I said, of course. And um, here I am now working here. <laughs> Do you remember what you did? What was your character and what happened? Ah, yeah, she was called Medusa. She was a spy master and a diplomatic genius. And she was a very, very sneaky. <laughs> and I loved her. I was very bad in fights. Very, very bad. But uh, I had this um, NPC who like well, a guy who was very, very tall, very, very strong. And his name was Brian. And uh, at the beginning of the fight, I was like, uh, okay, what do you do? I'm looking for Brian. Yeah, Brian, come with me. Fight now. Because I couldn't do anything. <laughs> so it was like, I'm not very fighting. It's fighting for me. Did her and Brian manage to survive uh, your adventure? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we never uh, saw the end uh, of the story because there was some drama in uh, the group of friends. So, Real-life drama. Real-life drama. And uh, so we had to stop playing and it was uh, a tragedy. It was still a first game and then you played all yeah, the games? Yeah I, yeah, I play a lot of different games. Uh, the last one I played was a Mexican games called Nawal. It's amazing if you can try it. Just uh, It's not very out yet. It was on Kickstarter, I think. And my friend um, participated at the Kickstarter. So he had uh, a little piece of the rules at first. We played with just that and it was amazing. Please play that game. Is awesome. Amazing. Thanks, Anouk. I think uh, you got a lot of customers very keen yeah, to purchase yes, all your excellent products. <laughs> so thanks for your time. Thank you.
end is getting closer all the time There's nothing but bad news every night on the TV I need a way to escape this reality What can I do? You gotta shop till you drop There's a rainbow of savings in every store You gotta shop till you drop These values are too big to ignore I shop till you drop I shop till you drop I shop till you drop This American way Well, I love my credit cards like a ball and chain And cell phone radiation rots away my brain I got a microwave computer and a brand new car Well, the clothes I wear, they make me feel like a superstar Superstar You gotta shop till you drop We'll put you right in the driver's seat You gotta shop till you drop These low, low prices They just won't be beat I shop till you drop I shop till you drop I shop till you drop This American way American way. So you were telling me a bit earlier about a game I really want to make an episode about one day. Bloodlust. You played that as what can you tell us about that? Is it your favorite French role playing game? Oh, I played Bloodlust. If I remember correctly, it was during the 90s. So the original version. Yes, probably. I don't play really much a role playing game. I'm a miniature player for the most. I played a campaign of Bloodlust. I was at the university. It was the late 90s. 
So in Bloodlust, probably your listener don't know about Bloodlust because it's a French RPG. The most faithful of the listener might remember eventually a gentleman called James Wallace, who worked on the latest version of Paranoia, apparently commissioned a translator to make an English version of Bloodlust, but the translator ran away with the translation, so it never happened. Sometimes it happens badly. In Bloodlust, you play a character, but mostly you play a weapon, because the weapons have a soul, and you drop your weapon from character to character. Melee weapon, like a, a sword and an axe, or maybe even a bow? Every weapon. Mostly close combat weapon, but maybe ranged weapon. I'm not sure about that. Personally, I was playing a great sword, something like two meter long, and I was wielded by a halfling. So <laughs> nice. it, it was totally ridiculous. So it was perfect. Did your halfling survive for long? Because I guess the principle of Bloodlust is that the wielder can perish while the weapon lives on. The wielder is useful. Sometimes the wielder can enhance the abilities of the weapon. But in this one, I was playing a great, great demon's word, and the wielder was not so important. <laughs> so it was something like tracked by the weapon in the fight, trying to stay behind the sword and not to fly away each time the sword was uh, cutting somebody. Okay, so the sword's got not only a life, but a control over itself. So it would move around while the halfling was... Yes. The listener can see that, but we're, we're, we are doing uh, great movements with our arms to describe that, but there is no camera. The weapon is quite independent for the most. When the wielder is really strong and a real badass character, like Elric and Stormbringer, he can try to dominate the weapon. But in my case, the weapon was dominate everything. <laughs> is that the game you would recommend English listeners? If they had an opportunity to try any French role-playing game, would that be the one you recommend them to try or another one? We'll travel in direction of the back end, in direction almost of the role-playing range. In French RPG, there is a lot of things really cool. So there was Bloodlust, but I'm pretty sure it is not in range by now. There was In Nomine Satanis in English. It was a game by Croc. Croc may be the most famous role-playing designer. What can you tell us about him? <laughs> I'm, I made it sometime. He's a great guy. The first one since the early 90s to be professional about it. I mean, he lives by the money he makes with role-playing. And that's really astonishing in France at this era. And he wrote uh, a lot of French well-known role-playing. And in the, in the mini-satanis is probably the principle. You play demons. And in, there was another book after called Magna Veritas. And you can play angels. So you can play demon and angels in the real time. And you do a lot of word stuff. The most bizarre thing. And that was really cool. It's kind of your... Preacher, American gods, this sort yes. of good Cle element. Clearly the same kind of, of thing. But being a demon is quite like being a superhero. But you're not focused about good and evil. <laughs> you just don't care about that you're a demon. You were saying your specialty is miniatures. Are there 
French miniature artist or even producer of miniatures? I'm not aware of that. Of course, in the UK, we got Games Workshop. Yes, there is a lot of French designer, a lot of French games. You should tell about Games Workshop, but by now, I think there is more French people at the design studio of Lenton. Really? Than English ones. Yes, maybe. Maxime Pastorel is one of the principal designer. Uh, what a shame. He's a friend of mine and I forget his nickname. Maybe the bad players of the micro. <laughs> Something like that. But uh, yes, there is a lot of French in the Games Workshop staff. And we have a lot of games. The most well-known was Confrontation, a game sadly dead 10 years ago. But it's the most well-known French miniature war game. And by now, what is cool in the, in the French ones, you get a saga. It was initially an historical skirmish game. There was last spring, the Hero of Magic extension who allows to play a lot of, of various army. Saga is quite an, an English-style system because, not like Games Workshop, they don't sell the books and miniatures. They only sell the books, and you play the miniature you want. Every range you, you want, there is no problem because there is no official range of miniature for this game. So you can play what you want and what you have. So it's really cool for whole players like me who can recycle old armies in a new game and find new players to play with. Just to finish, we got a couple of publishers of games and role-playing games in London. Have you played with games or miniatures or painted miniatures from Modifius? Yes, we have Modifius products here, both in RPG and in, in miniatures. So what do you think of them, and are they popular here at Trollin with your customers? For the RPG, I don't really know. It was for my teammate, this question. Fallout is uh, sadly a failure in our shop. The miniatures are cool and the universe is cool, but uh, there is so many games today that uh, it's not because a game is uh, good and bad that you will find or not the audience. That's interesting to know because they probably don't have that much feedback. Yes, it depends. And it's not because it's a failure in our shop that it's a failure in France. Mm. It will depend on uh, what we played. Kevin and I, Kevin is my teammates of the miniature range. Because if we like a game, it's more easy for us to create a community. If we just pick a game between other ones and just don't really care, the game could just stay in the range and not be really used by anybody. We'll tell them to send you a lot of gifts and maybe someone to <laughs> to harass you and which is, God, look, you know, it's actually really good. But, uh, you know, it's fair enough. From what I said, this, the game is cool. I know people will, will love this one. But even myself, I don't have time to play anything. I play a lot, a lot of games. and uh, Already roping game, which is somewhat less of an investment in time and money than a war game. It's already difficult yes. to play a lot of different war. I can imagine war gaming, it's, it's really, really tough. It's why I love skirmish war games. Because you have not so much models to paint with between 10 and 30 pieces, you get a complete army and you can have two Hermes by your own and it's not so long to paint and you will continue to play that with two Hermes in my house even if the company get crashed I will continue to play the game I love because I could make somebody play with me easily remind me oh Blood Bowl lasted for very long after it was finished because people would just keep on yes. and keep on and keep on playing that. and there is a new version of Blood Bowl which is really cool Personally, I was speaking a couple of minutes ago about Confrontation, the old French skirmish war game. 
and I'm still in charge of the community because even 10 years after the death of Rakam, we still continue to play. Last weekend in the very great convention of Lyon called Octagon, there was tournaments of a lot of miniature games and we were 14 to play the tournament. So the game will never die until somebody will be there to play with. Somewhat familiar. Let me sing from couples of years ago. Did you ever hang out in London or something? Yes, that's right. So Xani is back with us. You're meeting you in your own turf, Lyon. That's my turf. Not only it's your turf, Lyon, the city, but it's your turf, Trollune. So Trollune is a role-playing game and also a lot of uh, different things. You can buy board games, books in English, which is actually a very few. Uh, People seem very proud about that. Yes. But <laughs> so difficult. <laughs> I heard about that already, but 
often do you come here and what do you do when you come here? I would say once in a month, but at some point I was uh, coming once in a week to play a uh, role-playing game because that's a shop, but I have some rooms to play, to test board game, to play card or to play a uh, role-playing game. So who do you play with? Is there a club base here or do you run into people? Or do you book a table? How does that work? So for me, I was playing with some friends. Uh, yeah, we were booking some tables. What did you play? Anything French? I think it was French. It was a metal adventure, but I'm not sure if it was... I mean, we were playing in French for sure, but I'm not sure about the edition. We are in the role-playing game section and I'm looking for something to bring back home. And you mentioned something called Wulin, not to be confused with Hearts of Wulin, the US game. You play a Chinese character with a lot of uh, martial arts, but you can also play a magistrate, a low people, these kind of things. Any other game you see that you recommend people to try? Metal Adventures that I play was really nice. It was mixing pirates with science fiction. So you basically play a pirate in space. Any other recommendation for people visiting Lyon from abroad? In terms of role-playing game? Oh, anything. You can visit a lot of bars where you can actually play games, which are very nice. So you have the shrubbery in Villeurbanne. Is uh, it literally called the shrubbery? Yes. It's not a translation. No. It's called the English word shrubbery, as in Python find me a shrubbery. Exactly. And it's a very nice setup. Uh, you can also go a bit outside of the shops. They have a small garden, so you can stay the whole afternoon over there. It's very nice. And you have people explaining games, so it's always better because when you go to this kind of, of games, you want to discover new games. But if you need time to understand the rules, uh, it can be tedious. So I've heard I'm just missing by one week something called Octagon, which is a gaming convention have you ever been and what is it like octagon is uh, i think one of the biggest one in france actually we are in the biggest shop and they also have the biggest convention i mean come on is it marseille or lyon here everything is bigger in lyon <laughs> it's uh, however family friendly so you have uh, games for children's game for teenagers and games for adults you have a roping section you have a larp section You have a board game section, figuring section, you have everything. Do they have books in English? Yes. <laughs> and you also have, obviously, a writer that come to sign your books and to explain their new books. Did you attend this year? Yeah. What was your best moment? So there was a writer, uh, Bordash, very famous in France. And uh, I played a game that was actually very fun. It was a Mu. Mu? Yes. So, How do you spell that? The city. MU. Yes. The board game is over there. I will double check. <laughs> It's a board game where you have to build basically a city. Cool. Thank you. No problem. And I say, I will be back. By the way, you're looking for role players in Washington, D.C. who are looking for a employee working in robotics. Is, am I right? Yes, exactly. So if, uh, you know, people doing robotics in Washington, D.C. or playing a role-playing game in Washington, D.C., I will be here. You need to go to Labyrinth Puzzles and Games already. So that's a game shop I recommend you check out. Perfect. Tout va bien dans le meilleur des mondes. Tous les gens sont contents. Tout va bien dans le meilleur des mondes. Tout le monde est vraiment très gentil. Il n'y a que des idées tolérantes. Les mots durs ont disparu. Et les blagues sont toutes drôles. Et les injures ne sont plus. On se sent bien, ça pète. La vie, c'est trop chouette. On se sent bien, ça pète. La vie, 
blagues sont toutes drôles Et les gens sont tous tolérants On se sent bien, ça pète, la vie c'est trop chouette Ça bête. La vie, c'est trop chouette. Il y a peut-être des choses à y rajouter. Des bouts de ci, des notes de là. Mais bon, c'est chouette. La vie, c'est trop chouette. C'est trop chouette. Il y a peut-être des choses à enlever. Ça pète. La vie, c'est trop chouette. Ça sature dans le meilleur des mondes. Ça grésille un petit peu dans le meilleur des mondes. Ça sature beaucoup dans le meilleur des mondes. Ça grésille un peu trop dans le meilleur des mondes. Devinez où je suis. 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 Can you remind me your name? Hey, I'm Sylvain, and I'm here for the tabletop RPGs in the store. Sylvain, I want to leave this place with a French role-playing game. Yeah. What do you recommend I pick up? What kind of RPGs are you looking for? I don't know, something... I mean, I was looking for a couple of things, but I'm afraid they're too heavy for both my little wallet and second, my oh, luggage in the airplane, so... I won't be picking up Rêve de Dragon. Yeah, no. Sadly. Uh, I won't be picking up... I would have loved to pick up Nephilim also. <laughs> but it's a big box. Yes, small to medium games by uh, cool French game designers that I can introduce English players to. We have here in France, we have Metro Games here. So this one, it's called Mantra and it's really, really psycho. No dice. You just cut up words in a book on a sheet of paper and you play with them and you play chunkies lost in the multiverse and you can play other characters you played in other RPGs or just who you are in real life and so on this one is really cool it's really 21st century it's a French guy really lovely lovely game designer lovely person Okay, I'm thinking I'm, I'm convinced by that one, so you already won. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything else for other people who might visit the shop? Another game, you mean? Yeah, a few other games. I mean, I saw Crystal, who I know one of the authors. Happy Apocalyptic Game. Nature One. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We have Orest. Orest is a French space opera game, which reminds you of Mass Effect, Star Trek, and so on. But it's really local. It's made by uh, people here near Lyon. 
Tiny is that specifically? Tiny is a French creation too. Tiny in which you play the little plushies, for instance, or any game you can find in a kid's room. Which mission is to defend the kid against nightmares? And you play the kid's toys. So is it a kid team game for adults to play or is it a game for kids? Uh, it's mostly for adults because it's quite horrific. But you have also the rules to play with kids for 10 or 12 years old. I think I'm going to pick up Tiny as well. This is the starter kit, but you have also the full game over there. Small book. Oh, it's actually even better. It fits in my suitcase. It's yeah. Woolin is a French creation too, in which you play uh, Legends of the Old China. With game design very particular, you set a lot and a lot of eight-sided dice. Eight-sided? I like it when yes. it's not the classic D20, but you go for something. Exactly, because eight is a magical number in China. And the game designer, I'm lucky enough to have met him and discuss a lot. What's his name? François something. Woolin is a real, real cool game. If you love China's and legends of the stuff. I was thinking there's actually a US game called Hearts of Woolin, which is dedicated to Wuxia, but also the most romantic aspect of it. So this one is slightly broader about all the aspects, or is it specialized on something? This is very specialized on uh, emulating the Wuxia literature and cinematic. But the guy lived in China for like 20 years, and he's got a real, real huge comprehension and love for the Huxia culture. I'm going to let you speak of a final one and you can say a final word to the listeners, but you're actually a dangerous individual because I've got <laughs> three <laughs> games <Sorry. laughs> in my hand. Uh, French Which game I love the most, to we be honest, is Nephilim. Because I started with this 20 years ago and the actual edition is gorgeous. It's Nice, and the system is very cool as well. So you can finally, 20 years after, play Nephilim without any headache of any kind. And it's cool. We're big fans of Nephilim on that show. We had a special episode, which I recommend you check. Yeah. I need to chase them, but I also interviewed briefly Chaosium, who were yeah. telling me that there might be talks going on about a, a new... Oh, do you, oh, I need scoop? <laughs> oh, no, no scoop. Oh, come on. No, no, I can, you can bribe me. No, stop it. No. <laughs> yeah, we even talked with Kenneth Hyde, who worked on the mm, famous slash infamous original US adaptation of Nephilim, um, which was mm, not great. Yeah, it's an American point of view of Nephilim, what Nephilim can be. But from a brief exchange with Kenneth, it was not also the best conditions to work on that. So uh, let's hope the new, okay, do you, do you know, at least the new version is going to be a bit more faithful to the game. Is that something the French authors are aware of and very keen to see um, pass through? French authors, if I understand well the situation, they really love the game. And for the fourth edition, they wanted to do something for the fan base. It was very quick. There were other projects and they were not very satisfied with this and for the fifth edition they want to make the most of it so if they're gonna work with american projects they want it to make the best that's what i've heard of course well crossing, crossing finger. fingers any final word for people in the world listening to this why should they come to troll it because we're cool very cool <laughs> we're french and uh, nice and we love the general we crying and we smoke and uh, and so on any cliche left or not? Um, you kiss cousins? 
course, every day. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Do you have a role-playing game about kissing cousins? It would be. Uh, we have a playing game that's called in French Chevalier Sodomy. I don't know how to translate <laughs> this. <laughs> I think the, the English listeners can make out what it means. Uh, I guess, I guess. And it's a French game, very cool, too. Thank you very much, and uh, see you around. And uh, maybe come uh, visit us in London one day. I hope, really. Thank you. Actually, I've got another question. As you as the specialist of role-playing game here at Trollun, I like to ask about, do you know all our welcome games by Modifius, Cubicle 7, and other English publishers? Are there any specific ones which are especially popular here for some reason? On the French translation here, not so much, curiously. We have uh, Star Trek and uh, so on are working well, but not as well as the English version that we can propose or hear, because we have also an English and original language. Well, usually if you're a Trekkie, because the stuff available in French for Star Trek is somewhat limited. I mean, in terms of the show itself, you... In terms of the show, I think we are on date. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not a Trekkies, I must confess. English language, we have Cypher, which works quite a lot here. Not very famous, I don't know. Really enjoyed this For the Queen, which is made by Heavy Hat Production. We are a huge fan of Indie Press Revolution, which makes a lot of indie games. And Evil Hat is somehow, I don't know why, maybe the English language games we sell the most. Amazing! Yeah, because we love indie games in English. And Indie Press Revolution makes really cool stuff. I will make sure that they hear about that and they can, I don't know, send you an extra box. Thank you very much. This episode included Shop Till You Drop by Marwood Williams, Guerre Nucléaire by Alaclair Ensemble, Le Meilleur des Mondes by Mon Plaisir, and of course Solta of Frango or theme song by Bonded or Roll. The logo of the Rollis podcast is designed by Roland Guns. You can find this logo and more art by Roland Guns and myself on face masks and apparels because it's very important that we protect each other out there on the page of our Tea Public store linked in the description of this episode. Actually, you should really check the show notes of this episode. Like any episode, I listed all the games all the places, all the individual and businesses and conventions that we have mentioned in this episode. So you can find a list of all of them with direct links in the description of this episode. So please go ahead to our website and check those out. And when the game is on drive-thru, actually purchasing the game will bring a little support to the podcast. So there you go. There is a Patreon also, which you can use to support us. And it will give you access to some early release of our Café Rollist. Uh, by the way, I hope you enjoyed our many, many releases of Café Rollist lately. I don't know how long I will be able to continue recording them. Depends on me being still unemployed and, uh, yeah, um, in lockdown. But, uh, yeah, it's been nice recording them and releasing them for free with the agreement of my Patreon supporters. Yeah, there you go. Let me know uh, what you think of them and maybe do so through a review on iTunes. Turns out I'm turning 40 today. I was wondering, this month, could I get 40 reviews on Apple Podcasts? That would be so cool. This month, I didn't get any reviews, so even if I have a couple, that would make me extremely happy. Speaking of anniversary, 
not our next episode, but the episode after that is going to be the fifth anniversary of the Rollist podcast. I'm not entirely sure yet what I'm going to do for this occasion, but I was considering a ask me anything sort of thing. So if you have questions about me and about the show, I recommend you send them to me through Twitter, through emails, any means of contact which you find suitable. They are listed on the website also, so you can head there. And yeah, just throw me a question and uh, I will be very happy to answer it in our August episode. Ahead of that, I have mentioned on a couple of occasions my own game design project, Paris Gondo, The Life-Saving Magic of Inventoring. And I will be running two sessions as part of the Gauntlet RPG Community Days. It's going to be on July 18th and July 19th. So if you want to not only try the game, but play with me, that's your equation. And uh, there's plenty of amazing game sessions to join for free on the Gauntlet Community event. So I recommend to go check it out. So I think that's it. Uh, next month should be an episode recorded uh, at a Chaosium event here in London at Dark Sphere in Shepherd's Bush. It was just before the start of the lockdown. It was a half-cancelled event sort of thing. There were supposed to be several tables and we ended up with just only one. I don't remember what we discussed then regarding specifically the pandemic. I was there with David Scott and Ian Cooper from Chaosium. It was a, I believe, a rather cool interview, and I hope you will enjoy it next month for our episode 41. See you then. Thanks for listening. And in the meantime, have good games. Nós é tipo bem Jesus, todo mundo a gente ama Ainda mais se for gatinha, rola até levar pra cama A gente topa tudo, sapatão e bigodudo Na hora do piriri, cai em mim outra vesti Vai batuque! Rolê! 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 Solta o frango e vem com a gente Rolê! Rolê! Et vous voyez se profiler sur un paysage chaotique des ruines. Une ruine de maison qui se trouve ici. Alors voilà un jeu tout à fait nouveau, c'est l'appel de Cloucou. Il est inspiré d'un roman d'angoisse de l'américain Lovecraft. Et ce jeu s'appelle un jeu de rôle. Peu de feuilles.